0: This is episode 22 of Building Optimal Radio. I am Jared Gossett. This go round, we're interviewing Kyle Hunt of Remodel Your Marketing. Kyle is a business coach for remodelers. He's been doing it for the last 10 years. He helps remodelers transform their businesses. He is, amongst many things, savvy on the marketing side, hence the name Remodel Your Marketing. Now, Kyle is also a fellow podcaster. His podcast is called Remodelers on the Rise. So, naturally, today in this episode, Kyle and I talk about that initial phone call, the ever important introductory phone call with a potential client or that prospect. And what are some of the best practices in approaching that phone call? Kyle turns a lot of my ill conceived notions on their head. So take a listen. I think you'll find it something that you can quickly and easily implement in your business and really nail that initial conversation. So tell me about this initial phone call with a new prospect. Why do you view it as being such an extremely important part of the process? Sure. So I see just in coaching remodelers
1: for years and years, I'm empathetic to the fact that you're busy. And that you're running from job site to job site, whether it is checking on projects, whether it is going to meet new prospects, I'm very empathetic to that. And often I will hear my remodelers kind of say, you know, no, I I called that person back. And often it is when they're driving between one job site to the next. And the point that I want to make here is that as I evaluate the full remodeling process, whether it's this initial phone call, whether it's what happens between the initial phone call and the in-person meeting, our initial in-person meeting, how we present our proposals or our process, just the whole thing from start to finish. When I really evaluate what's the most important part, I always kind of, creator a little bit of saying, this is the most important part. If it's not the most important part it's definitely near the top, this initial phone call with a new prospect. And a lot of times we just don't really appreciate it for how valuable it is. The reason I think it is extremely important, and it's a time where we need to be fully focused, we Shouldn't be, you know, distracted and driving around. We need to be 100% focused into it. Is it's our first impression. This is the first time people are getting to know you and your business. This is your first opportunity to build know like and trust with a prospect. This is your opportunity to really be tuned in and listening and for opportunities to maybe make a connection with them. If I'm driving around and I'm kind of distracted and I'm kind of listening, and you say, "Well, we just moved here," you know, earlier in the year, we bought this house, knowing that we would need to remodel it. And if I'm kind of driving around, what I probably missed was we just moved here earlier this year. And that opportunity could have been, oh, where did you guys move from? And all of a sudden that could lead to, really, our best friends live there. Do you know so-and-so? And you just never know, right, what that might might turn into. So it's an opportunity to show that you care, that you listen, that you have good attention to detail. And it's your opportunity to build know, like, and trust. And I think it's just a time where often, again, being empathetic towards it, Oftentimes we just undervalue it, and we don't give it the full time, focus, effort that it should have.
0: What's the primary goal of this initial conversation? Should it be established rapport? Should it be provide information, learn about their situation? If you had to pick only one thing, what would it be?
1: What I have found, and I apply this to my own business when I get on the phone, you know, for an initial sales call with a remodeler, and you know, all those things that you just mentioned are good, but. If we approach this call as far as our goal being to best serve this person on the other end of the phone, that's a really good foundation from which to work. When we are thinking, how can I best serve them? How can I help them? How can I educate them? The other stuff will take care of itself as far as if we're a good fit for them, explaining how we work. But if we really approach it from how do I best serve them That's just a really nice foundation and a really good goal. So certainly the goal is to see if they're a good fit for you, vice versa, to really have a good handle on what it is they're looking to do, to start to maybe educate them, perhaps near the end of the conversation, which maybe we'll talk about later, to maybe talk about their budget or investment. But that takeaway, I'm always about, I'm all about takeaways. So as remodelers are listening to this, you know, what is the goal of this call? The goal of this call is to serve this person the best way
0: you can a really good place to work from. If you had asked me that, I would have gone with established rapport. And now that you threw your answer out, I think your answer trumps mine. Because when you work from a place of trying to serve somebody, you and I talked before the interview about kind of the Dale Carnegie episode we did. It all goes back to a client-centric focus with trying to solve their problems. That's ultimately what, you know. Yeah. And you heard me in the first question of I mentioned know, like, and trust. So,
1: you know, the definition of marketing or even it can really be applied to sales is getting someone who has a need, getting someone who has a kitchen remodeling need to know, like, and trust you, you know, similar to rapport, similar to that. But man, for me, when I'm just fully trying to help the other person, it's usually when I'm I'm my best self. When I'm thinking about, is this a good fit for me? You know, how big of a sale is this? What is this going to look like as far as the bank account? That's when I'm usually at my worst, right? So when I have my frame of mind of how can I serve, and I think same thing for all the remodelers listening. When you have the frame of mind of how can I serve this person, that just seeps through the phone. That just, you know, they hear that. They feel that. Man, I love it. You get me excited with that. <laughs> Dude, I'm only two sips into my afternoon coffee. wait till I Wait till I keep drinking it here.
0: Let's keep going then. All right. So we get a new lead in. What are some of the things that we should be considering before we even hop on that call with them? Yeah. So I think it's
1: usually. I mean, it's important to call people back quickly. But let's say you know, let's say it's a website lead. Let's say somebody did leave you a voicemail. Let's say you have their information. I think it's it's really easy to kind of immediately jump into picking up the phone and calling them. You know, I've got their name. I've got their info. Um, let me just call and see what this see what this is about and. What I think we need to consider first is we have a abundance of technology of tools of resources at our fingertips with the internet and just even taking five six seven minutes to do a little bit of homework on this prospect on their home is a very very wise thing to do if you're a thoughtful salesperson you're gonna to want to go into this initial call knowing as much as you can about that prospect instead of going in blind so you know doing things like, clicking on LinkedIn you know why would I click on LinkedIn well I can see I can see a lot on LinkedIn I can see you know are they a business professional if so what do they do I'll ask you this Jared when you're selling to an engineer that's an easy easy one to pick out like the way that you sell to an engineer versus a stay-at-home mom the conversation you have how you explain the process do you usually approach that a little bit differently
0: oh absolutely in fact we've got an engineer client right now that we're Working for, and that goes back to what you're saying, though, about the client-centric focus. I think you, I mean, you don't have to, but, but if you want to be as effective as you can, then absolutely going to have different hot points. They speak different languages. So, yes, I I don't know if I do it as well as I could, but I definitely try to be cognizant of that. So, I mean, you could click on LinkedIn.
1: You could see maybe a little bit about the profession. You could see if they're maybe a business owner right there's there's a lot you can know about somebody just by being a business owner have they been there have they been hopping around jobs or have they been somewhere for 20 years you can usually see if they've lived you know in a certain area for a long time you can go down to the linkedin recommendations do people like them you know you can get a little bit of a flavor for who they are so i mean just a couple minutes boom i know maybe a bunch of things there you can also look and see if there's any mutual connections like i kind of mentioned earlier with that we just moved here you know sometimes it's that, oh, you know so-and-so too that can make the difference between them picking you, feeling comfortable with you, wanting to go with you versus somebody else, right? It's all about people. It's all about relationships. So sometimes something can pop out there. Um, going to Google, typing in their name, just, you know, one of my clients gives this example of, you know he just kind of went up to a client and said you know something that I do before I call him before I talk to a client is just Google them I just google their name and see if I can find out some things about them and I just saw that you just got elected to the city council congratulations you know there's two ways to look at that one you can look at it and go it's eh, a little creepy maybe a little too much another way could go I mean this guy's a professional like professional salespeople would probably do that. And this guy was flattered by it and he congratulated him on, on his victory. And it was just a good way to show that he knew about him. But you can go to Google, you can go to Google Maps. I mean, you've got these this Google Maps now where I can see the neighborhood. I can just take a second and think, okay, is there any other clients that we have in this neighborhood? That'd be a good thing to take note of. And perhaps mention as you as you talk to the homeowner. You know, you can zoom in and see a little bit about their property line. You can usually see, you know, if you know it's an addition project, you can get a little bit of a feel for their property line and take a peek at that. You can zoom into street view and just kind of get a feel for the neighborhood. You know, that's a wise thing to do. Again, we're probably five minutes in at this point. And then the last place, and this is maybe playing with a little bit of fire, but click on Facebook. Like, Jared, when you reached out to me and I didn't know anything about you, did I go to Facebook and just search your name? Unfortunately, I can't remember. I don't think I actually did. Maybe afterwards I did. But a perfect example, and I think this is a good example of it. We're talking via Skype, and on your Skype icon, I said, "What, Jared, what is that? Like You're very Texas there. You got like a lasso or something, and you're like, I'm lassoing my daughter. And it's a little picture of this cute little girl, and you've got this lasso. So, Even if I knew nothing about you, but let's say I clicked on your Facebook page and you had that exact picture. I know that you're a little bit outdoorsy. You like to have a good time. Like you're a family man. You've got a kid here. And a lot of times on Facebook, I can just get a feel for how you roll, who you are. Are you married? Are you single? Do you have kids? Even if things are, you know, kind of limited as far as what you can see, there's still a lot you can learn. Now, at the same time, you're playing with a little bit of fire there. You don't want to weird people out. You don't want to be like, so what about those Michigan Wolverines? And then be like, how do you even know? Right? But if you're a wise enough salesperson, you're going to keep those things in your back pocket. You're going to have opportunities to maybe bring it up. It's the same type of thing as when you pull up to a driveway of a new prospect. Do you not take note of the flags that are flying? Do you not take note of the bumper stickers? Do you not take note of the car they're driving? Of course we do. Because the more input we have there, the more we find out about this person, the more we understand them, the more we can you know, know how to, to relate to them and build a relationship with them. So those are just some of the ideas that before we pick up the phone, you know, taking five, six, eight minutes and just doing a couple clicks around is really, really wise.
0: Just don't go like all their Facebook photos, right?
1: Correct. Don't be a creep but also don't be a stupid salesperson. It's stupid not to at least do a little bit of research and find out what you can about them. So like everything in life, there's like one extreme that's like, this is stupid. You're not even thinking before you call and you're just calling and you don't know anything about them. And then there's the opposite direction where you're being really weird, you know, and liking everything and and whatnot. There's There's a sweet middle ground that is what we're after. So the takeaway, if I'm a remodeler, listen to this, the takeaway is, you know, take a look, like look at how you currently do that before you pick up the phone. And perhaps maybe there was one thing I just mentioned there that you'll start incorporating it. And I think it'll help you in, in building know, like, and trust.
0: That makes sense. In a overly simplified format, it kind of boils down to doing your homework. But that's something that I need to actually hear because you're a small business owner and you're wearing all hats. And sometimes you think, oh, oh my God, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just need to do my homework a little more.
1: Right. So, that thought, or even just the thought of timeout, I'm speaking in this microphone as doing this. I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, all I've been doing is coaching remodelers and builders for 10 years. So, I've gone very deep into a very narrow niche. You know, some of you may not know me whatsoever, and some of you may know me a little bit, but here I am speaking very passionately about this and saying, guys and gals, you know, it is, we often underestimate the value of this initial call. We need to take it seriously. I get that you're busy. I know that you're wearing a million hats. If you're going to take one part of the process really seriously and really prepare and 5P it, then this is it. You know, Take your time. Make sure you're doing it to the best of your ability because it's it's such a critical part. You said
0: 5P it. You want to give a little
1: color on that real quick? I was hoping you were going to ask me that. Yeah, <laughs> you were setting me up. I was setting you up. I'm like, this is a softball, man. Let's see if hits a 5P. It's actually a military term, but it's called 5P is proper preparation prevents poor performance. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. And I've seen a lot of my Ramali clients kind of integrate this actually into their whole business where the just the culture, everybody in the business knows what 5P is. So it can be on the, on the positive side. You know, if you and I were colleagues, you know, I could say, you know, Jared, you 5P'd this. Like, materials are here. Like, everything is set up, solid. Everything's great. Like, way to go, 5P. Or you could be talking to one of your carpenters and say, we didn't 5P this whatsoever, And for them to immediately know what that means is a powerful thing.
0: Let's talk about some of the questions that we should be asking the prospects during this initial call. What's your list of top questions that definitely need to be addressed?
1: I'm gonna toss this back at you. How about we do this? Let's go kind of back and forth a little bit of, I'll give you one, you give me one. I'm just kind of curious to pick your brain on a little bit too. So what's one of the questions that you typically ask a new prospect?
0: Well, let me back into this. What I typically am trying to do is learn as much relevant information as I can. So outside of kind of project-specific details, I'll often ask them kind of, you know, okay, so what are your goals with this project? What are the things that are most important to you? Sure, what is most important
1: to you? Number one, what I like about that question is, it's just, it's a weird question. Like, it's not a normal question that people would typically hear, but it's a powerful one because, and it's usually so often, and I'll list out some questions here, but so often it is the question after the question that's really important. So if you were to ask me, you know, what is what is most important to you as you're, you know, figuring out this remodeling project or that you're trying to accomplish with this remodeling project, to really dig into that is going to give you some keen insight. Another way of going with it is, you know, as you're trying to figure out who you're going to select to do this project, what is most important to you? What are you looking for? Wow, you know, that's got that's got some interesting insight. One that I think is often overlooked that is often a powerful one is you know have you ever remodeled or if it's a build have you ever built before if so tell me about the experience and man sometimes you know everybody's different you got to set an expectation where hopefully you know they're expecting to be on the phone for a little while like maybe the call opens with you know do you have 10 or 15 minutes to talk because most often they're just expecting you to say yep that's a project we would be a good fit for when when would you like to set up an initial meeting that's what they're kind of expecting so making sure we have 10 or 15 minutes to talk and to get into this is an important thing to do at the start but asking that question have you ever remodeled before if so how was the experience and they might say yeah we we actually we remodeled our kitchen a couple of years ago well t- tell me about that you know and you can there's just so much you can get into of you know who did that project for you are you calling them back well you know we're actually not oh why was that you know or tell me about the experience and they talk about you know the end of the project it was it was good we were satisfied with the quality of the work but what was really frustrating during the project was it just took a lot longer than we were expecting. There were days that just like no work was happening. There was you know limited communication. There was days where we would show up to let somebody in or expect somebody and they didn't show up. And it was that was just probably the most frustrating part. Wow, right? I'm writing this down. I'm highlighting, circling schedule, schedule, schedule. Because as I continue to talk to them, as I meet them at the in-person meeting, I am going to be rewinding that. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to be talking about how we approach scheduling, how it's important to us, how we have prompt and remarkable communication. So a lot of times that question can can pop out. Bouncing it back to you. Another question that you would typically ask? Anything come to mind?
0: Most of my questions center around logistics. I asked a question I just referenced, but part of what I'll do is oftentimes, you know, budget will somehow creep into that conversation. And so I'll kind of, I'll push on that a little bit i'll push on the budget question i know it's a hot button or a hot topic also and but i do it just because i view it as a two-way interview so if it's going to be a no for me or them it's not a mutual fit you know i'm a busy person we all are i want to get to that answer asap gotcha let me share some thoughts on that
1: if i would so that question of you know you could say it in several different ways you could just say what is your budget right? You can just flat out say it. What are you looking to invest in this project? You know, there's different ways to say it. The thing that my remodelers and builders have found helpful in regards to this question is I like to frame it this way where, you know, one of the, it's not a question, but it's more of a statement. A big part of the conversation is just flat out, you know, tell me about the project. Tell me about your project and really digging in and understanding it and asking enough questions. Let's say it's a kitchen remodel. As we're talking about it, I might try to get a little bit of a picture of, of you know how big it is i might say you know when it comes to your your upper cabinets do you have a soffit above there and would you be looking to kind of take those to the ceiling you know are you looking to move you know the footprint or kind of keep the same footprint? Are you looking to take down a wall? Are you looking to move plumbing? Just asking a lot of questions. You know, I might try to get a little bit of a good, better, best, you know, and say, it sounds like you've done a little research on countertops. Like, are you thinking, you know, are you more thinking kind of like a a granite? Are you thinking more of a quartz? Have you guys looked at that a little bit? I might go that route. But my whole goal in talking about the project is to try to get a picture in my head of what their project looks like. And, and ideally, hopefully there's some other projects that we've done that are similar in size and scope that, man, that's just, you're thinking to yourself, that just sounds so much like the Jones job or the Smith job we did. And all of a sudden with that, you also have some budget ranges. So that's the, that's the twist maybe that I like to lead with is I appreciate what you're saying of, we wanna, let's get that on the table. Like this is a big deal. But so often they're gonna kind of respond with, I don't know, that's why we're asking you. Even though they do have a number, So I think it's really important. And just frankly, it's helpful for you, for other remodelers and builders, that if you can get the conversation to the point where you have a picture in your mind of the project, when you have some type of range, and it can be a big range in mind, then you ask the question because you can respond with, you know, based on my years of experience, based on what you're describing to me, it's reminding me of several projects. You know, this project could range anywhere from 100,000 up to 170,000. And then just shut up, right? And just be quiet. And either they're picking their job off the ground or they say, really? Or they say, yeah, that's kind of what we're thinking. And you say, you know, that's a huge range, right? That's a big range because there's just so many decisions, you know, that delve into it. And also if they do say, oh, man, we were thinking this was like a $50,000 project. You know, there's, there's two trains of thought there. If you're coming from a standpoint of I'm here to serve them, even when that happens, when you're not a good fit, when this probably isn't going anywhere, I'm going to spend a little bit of time just educating them and say, you know, let's, let's just talk about it a little bit. Let me kind of tell you how we get there and why it is that and hopefully do a little teaching. And, you know, sometimes that might lend itself to still being a viable lead, but a lot of times it may be end of the road.
0: I appreciate that perspective. It makes a lot of sense. So let's talk post-meeting. So we wrap up the meeting. And we're successful with scheduling a next step, an in-person meeting. What happens between that initial call and the in-person meeting?
1: There's a few things that I think are best practices here. One in particular, let's say we book that in-person meeting. Today's Wednesday. We book it for next Tuesday. You know, hey, Jared, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday. One thing I'm going to send you between now and our meeting on Tuesday is an email And in there, there's going to be a few documents I just want you guys to review. One of them is a what to expect at the first meeting document. Another one is just outlines our process in detail. I'd really like you just to to read through just step by step how our process works, how our development agreement or, you know, how we work. So saying something like that and then saying, you know, what is your email address so I can send that to you? If you don't have their email address, that's a really easy way to, to get it. But what that's doing is you're making a little bit of a promise it's the first opportunity you've had to say I'm going to do this and then to follow through with it. Most of your competition or if they are talking to anybody else are probably not doing it. Even if they're just talking to you, the feedback and the thoughts that go through their head is, "Man, these guys are organized. They've got a system. This is not their first rodeo. Man, he did what he said he was going to do." And you send out a nice professional appointment confirmation email it doesn't have it's nothing magical. It's it's pretty straightforward. Look forward to seeing you. You know, here's a couple links, you know, in the meantime, feel free to reach out, Da da da. But it's just a really nice thing. So sending that out via via email between the initial phone call and the in-person meeting is a really solid best practice that I would venture to say a lot of remodelers and builders aren't doing. That's just a really simple, practical thing that they could implement.
0: Okay. So in that email, one thing that you're looking to accomplish, though, is, is to provide them some little valuable piece of information, be it more information on your process or something like something like sure. that.
1: Yes, it could be that, you know, maybe you talked about how to them and you send them a link to how to create an idea book. You know, maybe it's a Romali project and and the cost versus value report is really relevant for your area and something you use. You might send that to them as far as something to continue to educate them on that. Or maybe, you know, even if you don't use that or if you do, you know, more of the building side, maybe you have a page or a document or a PDF that kind of talks about some different good, better, best, just things that, you know, you would be valuable for them to to read and to review ahead of time. Again, nothing too complicated, nothing too complex. The overarching thought here is, wow, these guys have a process. They've got this down, they're organized. That's the kind of the intangible thing that happens through it.
0: So now let me throw a little bit of a curveball ball you. So we're talking about all these initial phone calls and these leads. I have to ask you, just leads themselves, what are some of the primary lead avenues that you always tell your remodelers they should be pursuing.
1: My answer to this is not going to be like the sexiest answer in the, oh man, I didn't hear about that new app or that new this or that new that. There's none of that coming from me. I'm techie. I'm good with techie, but we need to sometimes go back to just good foundational marketing approaches so that we're generating leads. So as far as where leads are coming from, we as a whole, let's just say as an industry, as a building optimal podcast community, We are not that good at staying in touch with our most valuable marketing asset. And what is that? You're an amazing interviewer, by the way.
0: Like you have not missed a beat. I knew you were ready for it, so. Toss the 5P,
1: I tossed this. Like you are just an amazing host. The most valuable marketing asset is our previous clients. For the great majority of builders and remodelers, the dollars that you're putting in your bank account that are showing up on the top line of your P&L are dollars that are coming from repeat clients, that are coming from referrals from previous clients. And so often, when I look at like what people are spending on their marketing, let's say they spend 20 grand on marketing and advertising in their, in their building or remodeling business, usually $500, $600 of $20,000 is being spent towards previous clients. What would it look like if we spent three or four or five or six grand towards previous clients? What would we be doing? What would we be sending them? How would we be reaching out to them? So a lot of times we are not doing everything we can to just stay in touch with the people that already know, like, and trust us, that already refer us. So that's where I start. And let's make sure we've got a kick butt, take names way of staying in touch and reaching them. That might be a good future podcast episode even. The other one is having a kick butt, take names website. Right, more and more people are going online, whether you were referred to them, whether they just searched online, whether they found their friend who shared one of your Facebook posts and then they clicked on our website. We need to have a website that we are proud of, not one that we kind of don't want people to look at because it's outdated, it's stale, it doesn't have our latest and greatest on it. We need to take our website seriously, our web presence seriously. We need to be taking getting Google reviews seriously. And just making sure that we're getting good pictures and good content and having an our process page on our website, having a meet the team page where we're featuring who we are and our people, you know, your most valuable talent, making sure that's in place. And then third, you kind of mentioned three, so I'll just mention three. So previous clients, website, and then another one that just is so often overlooked and underutilized is developing strategic partners because it's like six or seven years old. But I was speaking at the International Builder Show in Vegas, and it was was probably seven years ago. And I was doing a talk, and it was called The Most Undervalued and Overlooked Marketing Approach, Strategic Partners. I mean, the title probably needed some work. That was probably part of the bad. But I was walking around ahead of time. My talk was in the afternoon. I was there in the morning. And there was like a standing room only. And it was an encore of one they did yesterday. And it was just like packed house. And they were talking about Twitter and Facebook likes. And this was before Instagram, but just talking about all the new social media stuff. And yes, yeah, social media continue. It's important. We need to have a social media presence, but that is a good example of we're, we're so focused on the new and we and we should be on Instagram. We should be on Facebook, but only after we're kicking butt, with developing strategic partners. If I'm a remodeler that maybe doesn't do a lot of design work, teaming up with architects, interior designers, you know, high-end landscapers, anybody who shares the same ideal client as you do. Your trade partners, but also a strategic partner, anybody who shares the same ideal client as you do. That could also be, you know, your CPA. Maybe your ideal client is usually a bunch of business owners. Guess who your CPA works with? you know, maybe you have a high-end clientele. Who owns the local Lexus dealer? Who works at the Tesla, you know, sales floor or whatever they call it? You know, think even outside of just the normal box of within our industry. There's just so much potential in developing relationships with strategic partners. And it's it's the gift that can keep on giving. It's usually a warmer lead and there's just a lot of opportunity there.
0: Before we go, just let us know, where can we find out more about you and your uh, your company?
1: Sure. So a couple things. One, you can go to RemodelYourYOURMarketing.com. It's my website. But two places I'd push you to more. If you go to RemodelersCommunity.com, Remodelers with an S, Community.com, it'll redirect you to just a free private Facebook group that I have. And I think I'm up to about 450 builders, remodelers, and just the level of conversation, of idea sharing is pretty phenomenal. Just a really, really good group of my clients and just other remodelers that are in there. So I go there. And then you, I'm sure, have the number one podcast in our space. But in a distant number two, if you search Remodelers on the Rise, that's my podcast that I've been putting some time and energy towards. So that'd be another place people can find me.
0: Okay. Kyle, much appreciated. You
1: bet. Thanks for having me.